0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Shoes. Recorded live. Hey everybody, this is Stefan.
2: For our uh, first call of our new module, which is clearing your fears and limiting beliefs that are preventing you from being with your ideal partner, with your soulmate. But before we get into the new material, uh, I'd like to start by answering uh, a question that got emailed to me, and this was by Sandra, and this is what she wrote: So hi, Stefan. I have been tapping this week, and some things have come up." Um, So uh, That are regularly coming up for her So the first question is I notice that I have abandonment issues And feeling rejected feelings From my younger sister coming up regularly When I'm around her She does things like Not inviting me to hang out with her and her family She has a husband and a five year old I have a four year old Even though she knows I'm lonely And still grieving my divorce On Saturday my mom had a small birthday party At her house And she left abruptly without saying goodbye I also invited her over for Father's Day at my house so I wouldn't be alone with my son, and she has not responded to the email I sent her a week ago. How do I address this? I don't have a lot of memories around her abandoning me. They're more along the lines of what my mom and dad did to me. But my mom favored me because of my adoption, and my sister did make fun of me because I was adopted. I think she rejects me now because because she actually doesn't feel good enough around me, so she makes me feel bad. She has had no therapy and is not on the same personal growth page as me by any means. In fact, I am far more attractive than her and have two advanced degrees. She has only a college education, and I make more money than her, although she knows I would trade anything to have a loving husband and almost feels like she flaunts that to make me feel alone. What do I do about this? I want to get rid of these bad feelings, especially since she is continuing to trigger me and I feel abandoned. Um so, uh,
1: actually, let me just check something real quick. So, one of the one of the issues is that
2: uh, you know you're working on your abandonment issues. So the, the you know you had emotionally unavailable parents, Sandra. So you're going to be extra sensitive to anything that. Reminds you of abandonment, right, so the you can take things that um are relatively small and still triggered by them, which is you know one of the at the beginning of your question you had that like you said, um let's see, you know leaving without saying goodbye uh, you know there are certain things that you know, other people wouldn't like either, like somebody leaving without saying goodbye. But you'll, because of your background, you'll tend to have a stronger issue with that. Uh, email, for instance, you know, when you, you sent the email and you said you haven't gotten a response in a week, email is not super reliable. You know, we like to think that it's reliable, but it's, it's actually not. Things go into spam folders. Things come in and we mistake them for spam and they get deleted. Um, we get a big influx of emails and we miss them. Uh, happens to me all the time. I'll, people say, "You know, I never never heard back from you, and I never saw that email." So email is not reliable. Uh, you know, it's it's not bad to send an email, but then you want to follow it up with a phone call. Um, texting is actually more reliable than email. You just go straight to their phone, and and people get it. So, you know, I would say two things basically about what to do with all this. One is to realize that um, you know, you're know you feeling hurt and rejected and the intensity of this comes back from your childhood and to work on that. So I just go, ah, more stuff I need to really work on around my own abandonment, and my childhood experiences. The other thing you can do is to, when we have an issue, any issue that we have, whatever it is, we will... Until the issue is healed, we will tend to work against ourselves unintentionally. You know, we'll kind of sabotage ourselves in that way. So, one of the ways we sabotage ourselves is to not really let somebody know strongly enough where we're at and what we're needing. Like, if I want something, but I have, like, if I want, if I'm, you know, to have an abandonment issue and I want uh, more contact, but deep down the issue is unresolved. I might put out what I want in a half-hearted way, in a kind of low-key way when I'm actually feeling much stronger about it. Like, you know, I'm acting like, well, it'd be nice versus I really, really need it, you know, that kind of thing. So there's ways that we may kind of get in our own way in not making our needs clear enough and and putting it out strongly enough. And say, hey, you know, I really do need, you know, time together. I really want to be... You know, I don't want to be alone at this time. I really want to, to, you know, spend time together. Uh, This is important to me. I really need this. You know, make strong statements rather than, you know, hey, could we get together then? Because for whatever reason, they might have some other thoughts or plans, but if you let them know how important it is to you, they might be much more willing to accommodate you. So it's one of these ways we kind of accidentally, you know, lead to it not getting what we want. So, you know, it's important to look at our role in it. It's very easy to just feel hurt and kind of just kind of suffer in our hurting place and not recognize, huh, there's something that we actually, there's a way that we contributed to it that led to us not getting what we wanted. So that be, that's the best thing I was do. Oh, the other suggestion I would make, too, is to, you know, seek, um, you know, human contact, togetherness with friends as well as family members right the more people that you reach out to the better a chance that people respond and you'll get what you need so it's like it's all the different ways you can fully go for it uh would be very helpful and that's why it's good to have a few close friends rather than one because you know if one's busy then some, another one might not be and if you ask them all eventually one of them will, will come through uh, so hang in there uh, second question, my son has been telling me he misses his dad and feels alone. He told me when I went on a business tri- trip last week that even when I come back, he misses me. I know I have not been able to be there fully yet on an emotional level because I am dealing with my divorce, some depression, and clearing. Is there anything I can say or do to him or for me to help? He won't let me tap on him, and if I did it while he was asleep, I feel that isn't okay They don't have his consent. Do you have any suggestions? Um, now, you said your son is, uh, is four. Um, oh, hold on one sec. Uh, Ghislaine is not on the call. Uh, the code is 141. Let's see.
1: I need to give her the call so she can get on here. Uh, three, five, six. Okay. Five, six. All right. Um... So listen, you said it, I think you said
2: he was four. Oh, yeah, okay. So four-year four-year-olds like contact and giving them attention and, and doing something nice with them. So if he's saying he misses you, pick him up and sit him in your lap, and and acknowledge his feelings. Say I know you you miss me and I miss you too, and I'm. I'm really so, so sorry that I have to be. I wish I could be with you all the time. And and then say, let's do something special together, like a, like a little special treat. Like, take them take him out for ice cream. You know, anything that's out of the ordinary feels special to a child that you do one-on-one together. Um, so it doesn't have to be that special special, right? Like, eh, going to an ice cream parlor. You know, it's a nice little treat. It's not gigantically special, but it's it feels really cool to the kid. You know, so I would I would recommend that you just do stuff with him as much as you can, and just give him your attention. You know, when you're with when you're really with him, try and give him your attention. You know, and if you have to be if you have to take care of stuff, let him know that you know what I need to do this right now, and then we're going to do something. Together. We'll play a game, like lots of times kids like games, or anything you just any activity you can just do together. Play a game, draw. You know, a little craft project um, blocks. You know, Legos, anything. You know, just doing something that it's like we're doing this together. That feels so wonderful to the little kids. Um, even watching TV, if you're cuddling, like here, you know, yeah, let's go. You know, like let's say you're super tired, like you just don't have the energy to do something. You just say, here, let's go watch this together, and and here, why don't you sit in my lap or c- come cuddle with me? and have him be with you. Um, of course, as a four-year-old, he probably can't do that for a long time, but, you know, that kind of stuff helps. So that's that's kind of what I would say. Give him, give him good quality attention when you're giving him attention, and then when you're doing other things, just let him know that you're doing something else, and then you're going to come back and he'll do something special after you're done doing the other thing. And then, you know, after a day or two or, or three, he'll, he'll feel better again. And the thing with missing his dad, just again, acknowledge his feelings. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I understand you're missing your dad, and I'm just so sorry that he's he can't be here with us. And just acknowledge his feelings, join with him, be empathetic, hug him while you're saying these things, stuff like that. All right. Um, if anybody has any questions, remember at any point along the way, feel free to raise your hand. Star eight. Um, if you phoned in, and uh, you know, just go ahead and type type your chat message if you're um, listening online. Okay, so we have another question. Go ahead.
3: Hi, Stefan. This is Susan. Hey, Susan. Uh, I don't have a question, uh, but I have noticed that if one wants to tap, one has to get a request in really early. I'd like uh, to be a okay. tapper today.
2: Okay. You are the first tapper. I'm going I'm to do my best that we're going to do two tapping sessions. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to keep track of that. I'll put you on hold for the moment, but you are uh, number one. Okay. And good. So let's see if anybody else has any questions, and then I'm going to introduce the new module a little bit, and then we're going to start tapping. Anybody else have any actual questions questions? You know, about anything um, that's been happening in the first module. DAR 8, if you have a question or type a chat message. Um, okay, so no questions. Now, one thing I need to point out, this is for the gold members specifically. I just sent down an email for this, but I also want to say it verbally. Uh, is uh, I've been getting a lot of influx of clients, and I really want you guys to get your sessions and not run into trouble scheduling-wise. So I uh, I just increased the the, 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 how far in advance you can schedule to two months. You can now schedule out two months in advance. So what I highly, highly recommend you guys do is schedule your sessions, you know, two months in advance. You know, just get them all in now. Because I don't want you to miss. All right? So just wanted to put that out there. I, I sent an email about that too, but I just want to emphasize that because uh, people have been filling up. I mean, uh, my schedule's been filling up. Like um, this, this week and next are all full now. So we're already looking at July. Um, Anna, you you had a question.
4: Hi, Stefan. It's Anna.
2: Hey, Anna. Did you have a question?
4: I was just going to let you know that I was trying to book in my
3: appointments and I can only do it a month in advance.
4: I just changed. It's it. not letting me? Just... Oh, did you? <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so I just thought i let you know. Yeah, I changed okay, it just, thank
2: you. Uh, about half half hour ago. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay um, all right, well again, if you guys have any questions at any point, feel free to raise your hand or type a chat message, and I'm going to go ahead and start introducing the our new module. Now, most of what I wanted to introduce was already is in the workbook, basically, so hopefully everybody has already read the workbook, um, which was you know I sent out the email mentioning that the new Module 2 is now available and and the workbook in there is available. So basically, you know, the long and short of it is we all have fears and limiting beliefs that interfere with being with our ideal partner. Because basically any fears that we have around intimacy and any way that we feel unsafe around intimacy uh, will come up really strongly the better the person we encounter is, right? So we, if we meet our soulmate, that's the ultimately best, right? That's the top of the top. Uh, but anything, anytime we meet somebody who seems good, right? Like it potentially could be our soulmate or just seems really much better than what we've had before. So like, this is a really exciting possibility. Then the, the very fact that this person is a really good possibility will bring out all our fears of intimacy Because real intimacy is possible with this person. I hope that makes sense for people. So the people who will be the absolutely scariest are our best potential partners because there's the highest potential for a deep, intimate relationship. And so whatever fears we have around intimacy are going to flare up, right? Now, that is also true of our limiting beliefs, So, again, as we encounter somebody who's extra, extra good, all of our limiting beliefs, which tend to make us either afraid or insecure, will, again, flare up the strongest. Now, sometimes these are so strong that they just prevent us from even going there. That was the case for me. You know, when I, the very first time I tried to imagine my ideal partner, I just felt this absolutely huge wave of fear go through me, and I didn't even know what it was all about. And followed very quickly by this belief that a woman like that couldn't possibly be interested in me. That was just this ironclad belief that just just felt totally true. <laughs> you know, like no question about it. Um, I couldn't even think to question that belief in that moment. It's like, oh. And, of course, I felt absolutely, absolutely defeated in that moment. And for those, you know, for the next several years, since I didn't have a therapist in EFT, you know, doing it the low, slow boat way, uh, it, I just couldn't get any near. I could not get near a woman that, I, that seemed really exciting to me. You know, I'd, you know, I'd be in a, big, in a group and I'd look around. And there's this one woman just like really stand out. I was like, wow, she seems really amazing, you know? And it's like, and there's no way I can go talk to her. I'm just going to do it. So it can be too intense to even talk to the person. Um, if they come and talk to you, you can be so tongue-tied that you just you just freeze. You can't say anything. Um, that was the next phase that happened to me when I finally got brave enough to. At least try and talk to them. I was just a mess. And I couldn't express myself. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't think. Um, you know, just like my whole system shut down, basically. So we need to address these. We need to get in touch with them and address them. So in the workbook was the first exercise for doing that, which was to imagine your ideal partner uh, standing in front of you with a big smile on his or her face and their arms wide open. And then just notice what your reaction is. It's like there you're, you're face-to-face with this the possibility, right? The best person is going to trigger us the most. And that will usually bring up your fears and limiting beliefs pretty strongly in that moment. And you write them all down. And then you rate them 0 to 10. And then you start working on them, you know, the highest ones first. And then I actually, you know, created a few different scenarios. I used to just do that scenario where this person is standing in front of you. And then I, after working with many people, I realized that, that's not sufficient to bring out all the possible fears and beliefs. So I added some other scenarios which are all in the workbook. So if you haven't done, read the workbook and looked at, um, or you know, use it, done the that exercise, then I recommend you do it as soon as possible. Um, the other thing I want to say, and that's, so that's what we're going to be working on for this module. Um, this module is scheduled to have four weeks. The uh, The... I'm taking a vacation. Next week's my last week here. We have another call. And then the next two weeks after that, I'll be on vacation. So it gives you an extra two weeks to work on Module 2 or Module 1 or both. So it's actually kind of cool that there's, that the vacation comes at that time because it just gives you guys two more weeks to keep working on these two modules, whichever one you need more time with. Um, so I think that's going to be a good thing.
1: Um,
2: so I had another thought.
1: I just blanked on what it was. Huh. So there's a, a
2: methodology. You know, I, I provided in, an ebook uh in the Facebook group for how to clear negative beliefs. And it has the full methodology in there. Uh, so that takes care of that. In terms of the fears, it's actually the same methodology as the beliefs. The only difference is we're tapping on a feeling instead of a belief. So with the fear, you start by just tapping on the fear and see how far you get. And sometimes that's sufficient. You know, Again, if the fear is not too deeply entrenched, tapping on the fear can just take care of it. If the fear is deeply entrenched, we have to look for the, the uh, formative experiences from childhood that caused that fear within us. So you know, there's some, there's some overlap with the negative traits thing right? You know, it's interesting. Some negative traits that our parents have cause us to be attracted to those traits, and some negative traits, it's more that we just become very fearful of them. And some fears we have, by the way, are not just from childhood, because if we have some really painful experiences in our adult relationships, we can become fearful of repeating them, right? Now, of course, some of those painful experiences were because we're repeating our childhood pain. Um, but every once in a while we'll have a adult relationship and that person will do something, you know, different than than anything that ever happened in our childhood and it was super painful and, and then we become gun shy and scared of that. We have to clear that as well. So anyway, that's that's what we do. Any questions about any of this before we dive into tamping? Uh, this module is kind of simpler than the you know, the deep one. Uh, you know module one, um but there tends to be more of it. You know we have more b- fears and limiting beliefs that we have to address so onda gave me a smiling face all right, <laughs> thanks, Anda. Not sure what that's in response to you. Um, any questions or anything? All right, if not, let's talk to Susan, okay. All right, Susan. Can
3: you hear me? So
2: did you do that exercise?
3: Which exercise?
2: The one in the workbook?
3: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, uh,
2: actually, that reminds me. I I blanked on what I was going to do next. What I'd actually like to do before we tap, though you can be the first person to do this, uh, is I would like um, people to share their top uh, four or five, Limited fears and four or five limiting beliefs and just a few people to do it, just so we can get a flavor of what people are dealing with. And no big stories behind them, because I just want to do this quickly. I don't want to run out of time to do two healing sessions. Um, and so why don't we just start with you, Susan, where you just name, look at your list. And I name.
3: Say that I've been listening to your the uh, other tapping things, and you always ask the people that question.
2: Okay, good. Um,
3: okay, so I'm uh, scrolling to my list. Now, um, fears.
2: Uh, Oh, by the way, anybody else, before you go there, anybody else willing to share their top four or five fears and living beliefs, uh, please raise your hand with star eight. Um, Anda's starting to list them in the chat room, so I'll I'll list hers next. Oh, and she's on the phone, too. Okay, cool. So go ahead, Susan.
3: Uh, I'm afraid I'll never be attracted to anyone again. Closed heart chakra stuff because everything's been so painful. All right. Um, I'm afraid that there really isn't anyone out there for me. Okay. Uh, And I'm afraid...
2: Notice, by the way, everybody, that some of these fears are actually linked to a belief that goes with it, like the last thing you said. (laughs) I'm As afraid there's not anybody out. There's not going to be anybody out there for me. Which kind of goes with the belief that there's not anybody out there out there for me. You can yeah. tackle that one either way.
3: Um, okay. and I'm afraid of having to settle.
2: Afraid of having to settle. Okay.
3: And so, limiting uh, beliefs is um. Let's see, uh, I'm not worthy of a good partner.
2: Yeah, it's the most universal one. We all tend to have that one to some degree. Yep.
3: I'm too poor. I'm too that's poor. Yeah. I am too poor.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm too poor, yep.
3: And um, I can't have what I want.
2: I can't have what I want. Okay. Is
3: that, is that enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: that's good. That just gives us a nice flavor. Um, now, the the one where he says you know I'm basically not good enough, not worthy, not deserving, not lovable. You know, there's a lot of different ways of phrasing that one, right? Whatever phrasing we relate to, and then there's a, a whole bunch of ones that are like that. They're aspects of it. So any any other fear or or negative belief or any other negative belief that is along the lines of I'm not you know, there's there's something deficient about me. Like you said, I'm too poor. That's like something deficient about me. I'm too poor, right?
3: Those and That's are... the one I was really wanting to kind of work on that relationship between love and money, and okay. of course that ties into you know my mother. One of my mother's most negative uh, aspects was constant, constant, constant poverty consciousness, and that has certainly played out in. In my life and in my relationships with with men, they all had money issues too.
2: All right, good. So that's a get both a negative trait attraction and a limiting belief situation.
3: And there's a lot of shame uh, attached to that for me.
2: Yeah. All right. So okay, cool. So I'm gonna again just kind of hang with me and so, uh, get some more answers, and then we'll sure. we'll do a healing session on I'm too poor. Forms, write down. Okay, so Anda, Anda, I see that you have your hand raised, but you you listed some here, and I just want to read them just to save time. Uh, Anda wrote that she's not good enough, so again, another another not good enough. Fear of being rejected, of course, that kind of goes along with feeling like not good enough. Um, such a man, the kind of man I want, apparently, does not exist. That's another fairly common one. Jackie wrote that someone will be judging me daily and I'll lose myself. Okay. So you can see how that one came from childhood. Uh, he, he seems too wonderful, so there must be something wrong with him. So that's this fear-limiting belief that kind of, a, kind of like Aunt Ando saying that it doesn't really exist. And so if he appears to be what I want, there must actually really be something wrong with him. He can't be as good as he seems to be. Okay. So we have
1: that. Anybody else has some that they want to share? Any other, anybody, oh, here we go. Who's this?
5: Hi, Stefan, it's Sandra. Hey, Sandra. Hey, I'll just add a couple that people haven't said because I have a lot of the same ones. One would be afraid of attachment and being hurt.
2: Afraid of getting hurt (laughs) and getting attached and being hurt, okay.
5: Afraid of being betrayed and deceived, kind of just blindsided,
4: um, uh, and and,
5: and then afraid of being abused.
2: It felt a like I would. way.
5: Um, well, my ex-husband is a sex addict, so I felt emotionally abused by the behavior because he he hid it from me and and then made me feel like I was wrong and I did things that. Really, I was perceiving them on a gut level. I just didn't have the evidence to know what the problem was. So I'm really okay. concerned that I would attract somebody with similar patterns again.
2: Right. And there's that usually brings up another one, which is I'm afraid I'll make the same mistakes.
5: Right. But, exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, most people have that one. Even if they don't say it, they usually have that one.
3: It, and then, it comes up in
2: every client I work with one-on-one. Is At some point along the way... I'll say, all right, what's, you know, what are you feeling now? And they go, well, I made so many mistakes in the past, I'm just afraid of picking wrong again.
5: Right, and then there's another one. It's kind of like two parts. It's, it's afraid of being taken advantage of and afraid uh-huh. of um, having to take care of that person in a way that uh, takes away from me being taken care of. I felt in looking at my history that I have always try to fix other people. Yeah. Um. And I don't want to fix anyone anymore. I want someone who's who's not broken because I want to be not broken.
2: Yeah. And there's also just a matter of a balance of needs, too. Like, you you took care of them by setting aside your needs and set aside your needs. It's like, you know, I, w- I want... Your needs are important and my needs are important. I want
1: exactly. To be right. All yeah. right,
2: cool. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. And I think... Yeah, So, I, and I think uh, everybody will notice that there's a lot of overlap here, that a lot of people, yeah, you know, Sandra says she shares a lot of the ones that have already been said and then she added some new ones and I bet a lot of people, you know, can relate to Sandra's as well as a lot of the other ones that have already been said. So a lot of universality in, in these beliefs and fears that we have. And you'll notice that there tends to be two categories of beliefs and fears. There's some that seem to be kind of Adult life related, you, you know, you kind of heard some of those, and then there's all the ones from childhood. Um, so, like you know, judging me daily and losing myself—that would be a childhood one. Uh, so, uh, oh, so one of the things too is, as we do this work, like I'm afraid to be taken advantage of. You know, that one came up. A lot of these will, you know, they come from having had those experiences in the past on the one hand. So it's like, sure, of course, it makes sense to be afraid of that because it's happened to you. So we're afraid of it happening again, of course. But one of the cool things is that as we do this work, in particular, you know, we're all, every session, almost every session, we're doing work around really standing up for ourselves, right? Well, as we're standing up for ourselves in this healing session, it makes us so much stronger, period, and much more able to stand up for ourselves and our life in general. And so the possibility of being taken advantage of uh, really goes away. And so one of the things we're gonna start to notice as we start working on these fears and limiting beliefs of these or in this module is like is we're gonna start noticing how out of date some of these fears are. Like it makes sense from past experiences, but as we take into account who we are today from the work the healing work we've been doing we're gonna start noticing that, huh? That fear doesn't isn't really, or that, that fear or that limiting belief, it's not really apply anymore because I'm not like I used to be. I'm, I'm different now, and you can bring that into your tapping. So as you're tapping on the fear and limiting belief, sometimes, you know, in the in the uh, ebook that I shared with everybody of how to clear it, you know, the simple technique is you just tap on the limiting belief itself until it goes away, or the fear itself until it goes away. And if that doesn't work, you then tap on the memories. But there's a a slight variation you can do um, to add to the simple technique where as you're tapping on the limiting belief or fear, if a part of you becomes aware that, you know, I'm different now. I will handle things differently now. I can stand up for myself now, as an example. You can start bringing that into the tapping, and that might help, eliminate that fear or limiting belief without having to process the old memories. And that saves a lot of time, of course, if you can do that. So it's just something to keep in mind as you're doing your tapping on these fears and limiting beliefs. So basically, you want to make these two lists, list of fears, list of limiting beliefs, prioritize them and put the highest ones at the top, and just start plugging your way, you know, plugging through them, going working your way through each one. And... Uh, Know, that's what it'll take to clear the way to be with our ideal partner. The good news is we don't have to do them all. Just the top several is sufficient usually. Okay. So, finally. Susan. Yes. We get to do some work. Yes. Okay. So, I'm too poor. Um how strong is that?
3: And I, sometimes I say 20. <laughs> 20,
2: okay. So, it's a strong 10, shall we say? <laughs> So this is both this is one of those cases where it's both a fear and a limiting belief, right? Yes. Like I believe I'm too poor and I'm afraid. Basically, I'm afraid that he'll think I'm too poor. That, and that will make me unacceptable. I mean, underneath all, most of these fears and limiting beliefs is rejection, the fear of rejection, right?
1: Sure.
2: If I'm too poor, then he won't be interested in me. I'll, I'll be rejected. Yes. Or it'll just never happen. I won't even get started because I'm not qualify it, you know, like, he'll, he'll uh, disqualify me so, and we can uh, do the simple tapping, uh, but that's something that's easy guys to do alone, so we're going to go for the memory stuff on these sessions on, on the call so you said you had, your mother had a poverty consciousness Yes. so give me an example of that the youngest example you can remember
1: um
3: Uh, I think I remember uh my mother, you know, was very emotionally damaged in the you know, in the the big depression and at ninety two she still hasn't come out of that energy.
2: Oh, so but, she was a depression era person?
3: Yes. Yes she was. Okay. And um so my entire growing up, even though, I mean, we were, we were I would say, lower middle class, but she always thought it was much worse than it was. And my dad, I think, was not like that. I can remember one of the things he would say to her was, well, if you like it, why don't you buy it? And I don't know if he said that because he knew she wouldn't, because she wouldn't, or if he truly felt that way, but I, I tend to think he actually truly felt. That way, I mean, it's not like she was asking for, you know, yachts or diamonds or you know, whatever. Uh Um,
1: So So
2: she, so she was really anxious. I mean, how would she express it? Like, if I saw a video, how would I know that she had this poverty consciousness?
3: Um. Well, for one thing, she constantly talked about her childhood. And in the depression, and what she didn't have.
2: Okay, that's what and she. Then, and, and also, but there must have been something as well in the present, like we can't afford that, or just I'm um, some some her expressing some fear around money.
3: Oh yeah, constantly. And, so what was the example. And uh, one of them, you know, my I have a brother who's four years younger than I am, and he was terribly allergic and sick from, you know, like the time he was six weeks old. So that was sort of the reason that was used, that we couldn't have anything because the doctor bills.
2: Okay. So she was, okay, so there's this, it sounds like there's this constant feeling of lack, like we can't afford anything. Yes. Like we have just barely enough money to cover our, our basic needs. Yes. Yes. And your father did not share that because he invited her to buy stuff. Yes. Okay. So her and perceptions a, were not true.
3: Yeah. And during my growing up, its I mean, certainly there were times when when money was tight, but he didn't limit himself. You know, if he wanted a magazine, again, he, he didn't go out and spend a lot of money, but if he wanted a magazine subscription, he'd get it. She could okay. never even allow herself to get a magazine, the subscription of a magazine she would like.
2: Okay. All right. So what I'd like you to do is imagine that you're five years old. Oh, and everybody else, I uh, forgot to mention, you know, every time we do a session, hopefully all the guys remember to do it, but I'll try and remember too. Pick one of your fears or limiting beliefs so we can do borrowing benefits. So pick one, one of your top ones, and then identify the youngest memory you have around that. If it's a specific memory, great. If it's more of a general situation or scenario, use that instead. But just imagine being young. I'm going to be asking Susan to imagine being five. I want you guys all to imagine being five, unless you have a very specific memory at a specific age, then just remember that memory. Um, and replay that in your mind. How intense it is today Zero to ten Write it down Or how true the belief feels um, If you're working on the belief Um, Replay the memory And then when you're done We'll all give Susan Our attention And
1: um, I'm going to give you guys A minute to do all that All right, that should be enough. Okay, so Susan, Mm -hmm. go back to being five.
2: See your mom uh, doing that, right? Being anxious about money, like we don't have enough, we don't have enough.
3: I I actually have a a memory that I I kind of think I remember it it came up in hypnotherapy once from about Uh time. So can I go ahead and use that? Yeah, sure. So, um, my parents never went out together. I mean, they never left us kids with a babysitter ever and went anywhere and did anything. My dad was a much more fun-loving person and, and a much more, you know, culturally open kind of guy. So, this must have been when my brother was small, and like I said, I was four when he was born, and... I remember that my father ordered in Chinese food once, uh-huh. and um, and so all this, and he ordered a bunch of stuff, and all this food came to the door, and I don't really remember what happened. Exactly then, but it was like my mother i mean, my mother was just off off her rocker kind of with all this stuff. well, she probably thought she wouldn't like it anyway either, but that he had spent all this money and ordered all this wonderful chinese food
2: oh so she she felt like he had just been out of line extravagant, yes, and crazy, and it it freaked her out, yes. Like oh my god, what do you do? You're just you spend all this money. We can't afford that. Uh, 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 like like that.
3: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. And perfect. my mother
3: has issues around food too, and and how much food is available, and how much we can have, and how much we can eat.
2: Right <laughs> in the depression era, food might have been very scarce.
3: Oh, they they had a they had a garden and a cow.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah. But, all right. Yeah. So we're
2: going to start tapping on this. And uh, I'm going to apply it to you specifically, and I'm also going to generalize it a bit in case anybody has something that's similar-ish. So, you know, they'll feel some applies to them too. All right, so everybody tap on your cry chop point and repeat after me.
1: Um, even though uh, even though she's... Ter-
2: uh, yeah. Well, even though mom is terrified about money,
3: even though mom's terrified about money.
2: She always she's she always is afraid that there's not enough.
3: Always afraid there's not going to be enough.
2: Yeah. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
3: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
2: Yeah. Even though she's so anxious about money.
3: Even though she's so anxious about money.
2: And whatever she's anxious about makes me anxious.
3: And whatever she's anxious about makes me anxious.
2: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
3: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
2: With kindness and compassion.
3: Kindness and compassion.
2: Okay, good. So now we're moving on to all the points. Um. So Dad ordered Chinese food.
3: My dad ordered Chinese food.
2: And it showed up at the door.
3: And it showed up at the door. All those wonderful little boxes with who knew what inside of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it was so exciting.
3: It was so exciting.
2: Until Mom saw it.
3: Until Mom saw it.
2: And then she panicked.
3: And she panicked.
2: She freaked out.
3: She freaked out.
2: She was terrified.
3: She was terrified.
2: That we didn't have enough money for this.
3: That we didn't have enough money for this.
2: That this was going to put us out on the street.
3: (laughs) That this was gonna put us out on the street.
2: Wasn't that her fear?
3: Yeah. Constant, yeah.
2: Yeah. That buying this Chinese food.
3: That buying this Chinese food which you probably wouldn't even like.
2: Right. Um would make us run out of money.
3: Would make us run out of money.
2: Because we never have enough.
3: We never have enough.
2: There's never enough.
3: There's just never enough.
2: There's never enough of what we need.
3: There's never enough of what we need.
2: Life feels so dangerous.
3: Life feels So dangerous.
2: It's so scary.
3: So scary. All the time, so scary.
2: Yeah. Never enough money.
3: Never enough money.
2: Better not spend anything.
3: Better not spend anything at all.
2: Better not buy anything.
3: Don't buy anything.
2: Need to save every penny.
3: Need to save every penny.
2: Every coupon.
3: (laughs) Every coupon.
2: And not even buy it to begin with.
3: And not even buy it to begin with.
2: And just eat potatoes.
3: That's her favorite food.
2: Yeah, potatoes just, and rice. I'm sorry. Potatoes and rice.
3: Potatoes and rice.
2: <laughs> Cheap subs- subsistence food.
3: Cheap subsistence food.
2: You never know when you run out completely.
3: Never know when you're going to run out completely.
2: We lost all of our money in the Great Depression.
3: We lost all of our money in the Great Depression.
2: So I need to hoard every penny.
3: I need to hoard every penny. And there just aren't enough of them anyway.
2: Right. And there's just not enough.
3: There's just not enough.
2: I'm terrified that there's not enough.
3: Terrified there's not enough.
2: And then we will die.
3: And then we will die.
2: We'll run out of food.
3: We'll run out of food.
2: And we'll starve to death.
3: And we'll starve to death.
2: Our clothes will fall off our body.
3: Our clothes will fall off our body. And we're already wearing hand-me-downs, even though we weren't at that point.
2: Yeah. <gasps> and we'll lose our home.
3: And we'll lose our home.
2: End up on the street.
3: And End up on the street.
2: So scary.
3: So scary.
2: All this fear. All this fear. Let me ask you a question. Did you guys ever run out of money? No. You're, you always had enough money to live on.
1: Yes.
2: Okay. So what we want to do here? should we get angry?
1: Yeah.
2: I don't think we need to get angry this time. I'm sorry. We are. We are. We have the advantage that we we are from the future, right? Yes. So we know she was afraid of the future.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. So here's this really cool healing trick we can use. And I want everybody to keep this in mind when you're doing your own sessions. Because we're from the future, we know what happens.
3: Mhm.
2: So here's what we're going to do for, for your mom. Is we are going to show her a video that shows her vignettes for the next 20 years.
1: Show her that even though, you know, not rich... Yeah, you know, there's always enough money. That the
2: thing that she's afraid of happening, which is money will run out, food will run out, lose our home, be kicked down the street, all that, all those fears, it never happens. Let's just show her that. Run, let's run that video for her, that the bad thing she's afraid of never happens. And if if the rest of you, you can even take a moment to run the same video. Your parent and your child, and, and your young self, is going to see the same video. So we're going to, show, in fact, we're going to show it to the whole family, like,
1: like on a projector.
2: And we're going to show that
1: family is okay. Money's not abundant, but there's enough. It's always enough. None of the things she's afraid of ever happens. All the way through to today. I don't know if she's still alive or not, but
3: Yes, she is and she still feels the same way. And oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, actually she's the most financially stable of all the family that's left, which would be me, my brother and my daughter.
2: Okay. So, um but let's show her at that age. Some people who who live in the in the depression era never get out of poverty consciousness because it's such a traumatic thing.
1: Let's just show her that she stays fine. Let's see how she feels from that.
3: I'm not quite sure how we're showing her that. How? I mean, what am I supposed to be doing as
1: we're? She's
2: seen a, she's seen a video
1: from okay. the future.
3: Okay. Okay. Because,
2: because we're from the future, we know how things go she she had a poverty experience in the depression, and it it, it created a terror in her of ever repeating it. Yes. Yeah. So she became perpetually afraid that that the the Great Depression will happen again, and that she'll run out, the family will run out of money again, and things will be really traumatic again. Right. That's the fear. It's not that the fear is that it'll happen again. Anytime somebody has an unhealed trauma, one of the one of the aftermaths is that they, they're left not just dealing with what did happen, but a, an intense fear that it could happen again.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. And usually it never does, but they have that fear. So one of the things we're going to do is we're going to show her that it does not ever happen again. There are no more great depressions. Like, we learned how to to prevent that from happening again. We might get a recession... But a recession is just a downturn. It's not like the Great Depression is like everything stopped and, you know, half the population was out of work and all this stuff it was really bad. But we don't have that again. Plus we have social safety nets and we have food stamps and we have all sorts of things, you know. So there's it cannot happen again. But she doesn't know that. So we're gonna yeah. first we're going to show her. It cannot happen again. And they never run out of money. And we're still tapping, of course. Remember, nobody's stopped tapping. And we're not just showing her that. We're also showing the young you that.
4: Yeah.
2: Because little kids become infected by their parents' fears. Kids look to their parents to assess whether something a situation is safe or not. Like any time, you know, a little kid, say a four-year-old, is out in public with her, her or his mom, and they encounter something new to them, new to the little kid, they immediately look at mom's face, and if mom looks calm, then they go, oh, this is okay then, it's safe, nothing bad here. If mom looks distressed in some way, then they go, oh, I better be, I, then there's something distressing, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm taking my cue from mom, so I'm scared too now. You understand? Yes. Right. So she was distressed, and her distress was so intense that, you know, your father trying to calm her down wasn't sufficient. So you you absorbed her distress as a little kid.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we want to show that video to both mom and to the young you, the five year old you. Yes. Yeah. So she can more join with dad because she's going to see that oh look at this video year after year everybody's fine right a like little excerpts once a year from the family. And showing that everything's fine. Everybody's fed. Everybody's clothed. The house is still there. Dad still has his job. Everything's fine. We're secure. We are financially secure. We're not rich, but we're secure. We we have enough. And nothing bad happens. How does that feel to your young self to get that?
3: Um, My young self isn't quite sure she believes it.
2: Well, this is a video. We're showing her a video.
3: Okay. Um. It's
2: uh. so in the video, she's gonna she's gonna see the year, and she's gonna see everybody looking older, year by year. Everybody starts looking older. So she's right. gonna see herself growing up and getting older. Her brothers growing up and getting older. Her parents gradually look older. Everybody's looking older, and the kids change the fastest.
1: One year, then you know, a four-year-old, a five-year-old looks pretty different. On. Actually, you can even see yourself as a teenager wearing a nice dress.
2: Do you ever have any nice dresses as a teenager? Uh, or a nice
1: outfit?
3: I learned to sew because we, quote unquote, couldn't afford much in the way of um, clothing, and I also have a Another scarcity story about a pair of shoes I really wanted as a teenager. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, this continued, continued, continued. I mean, we can play the video that there was enough, but there was so much constant non-havingness on her part. that So it's like, yeah, I can see we didn't lose our house and we didn't, you know, starve to death. So much of anything I might have wanted continued to be tied up with, we can't afford that. We can't afford, you know, before I even thought of going to college, oh, you know, we can't afford to help you with that. Before I even thought of getting married, I got all this stuff about, well, don't expect us to help you, you know, create a wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was relentless.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was relentless. Okay. Um so I Well, one of the factors you're dealing with
3: that we're not going to be on the streets. There is still so all this underlying can't have, can't have, can't have, can't have. This. Okay,
2: so let me, yeah, let me direct this tapping a bit. So okay, back to, back to your cryo shop point.
3: Okay.
2: Because there's two factors here. One is the sense of abundance or not abundance in your life in general. But the other, the other one is afraid that your partner will find you too poor to be an attractive partner. Yes. Okay.
3: very, very deep.
2: Right. So, Khrushchev point. Even though I'm afraid that I am too poor to be attractive.
3: Even though I'm afraid that I'm too poor to be attractive.
2: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
3: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
2: Okay. Even though I'm afraid that my potential partner will reject me because I'm too poor.
3: Even though I'm afraid that my potential partner will reject me because I'm too poor.
2: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
3: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
2: With kindness and compassion.
3: With kindness and compassion.
2: Okay, good. So, tapping all the points. I don't have a lot of money.
3: I don't have a lot of money.
2: And I feel bad about that.
3: I feel really bad about that. And
2: ashamed. What?
3: And ashamed.
2: Oh, and ashamed, yeah. I feel ashamed about that.
3: I feel so ashamed about that.
2: And I'm afraid that nobody will want me because of it.
3: And I'm afraid that nobody will want me because of it.
2: I'm afraid that I am just too poor to be attractive.
3: I'm afraid I'm just too poor to be attractive to anyone i really be attracted to.
2: Yeah. So this is all in the context of imagining our potential soulmate. Yes. So yeah. So imagining that person, I'm afraid that that person could not possibly be interested in me because I'm too poor.
3: I'm afraid that that person could not possibly be interested in me because I'm too poor.
1: In fact, I refuse to believe...
3: In fact, I refuse to believe
2: that my soulmate could be interested in me.
3: That my soulmate could be interested in me.
2: Because I'm just too poor.
3: I'm just too poor.
2: And obviously money is really important.
3: And obviously money is super important.
2: Right. And if I don't have it, forget it.
3: And if I don't have it, forget it.
2: Because no poor person ever finds their soulmate.
3: Because no poor person ever finds their soulmate,
2: because money is the most important thing there is.
3: Because money is the most important thing there is.
2: The number one criteria that we look for in a partner.
3: The number one criteria that we look for in a partner.
2: Are you Are you looking for a man?
3: Am I looking for a man? Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes I don't know have. your
2: gender preferences. Um, I- <laughs> okay. I am sure that. the the kind of man that I want to be with
1: I'm
3: sure that the kind of man I want to be with
2: in fact I'm absolutely convinced that the kind of man that I would want to be with
3: in fact I'm absolutely convinced that the kind of man I would want to be with
2: has put on the top of his partner vision list
3: has put on the top of his partner vision list
2: that she's gotta be rich
3: she's gotta be rich
2: and I'm not rich
3: and I'm not rich
2: so so I'm screwed
3: I'm screwed.
2: There's no way he could be interested in me.
3: There's no way he could be interested in me.
2: Because one of his top priorities is money.
3: Because one of his top priorities is money.
2: He wants a rich babe.
3: He wants a rich babe, and I'm not that.
2: And I am so not that.
3: I am so not that.
2: So I am doomed.
3: I'm doomed.
2: Because money is the most important thing there is.
3: Because money is the most important thing there is.
2: It's impossible to be happy without money.
3: It's impossible to be happy without money.
2: So any, any man that I'd be super interested in...
3: So any man that I'd be super interested in... Would have
2: to reject me.
3: Would have to reject me.
2: Because I don't have much money.
3: I don't have much money.
2: Obviously, that's the way it works.
3: Obviously, that's the way it works.
2: And don't you try and convince me otherwise.
3: And don't you try and convince me otherwise.
2: you got to be rich to find your soulmate.
3: got to be rich to find your soulmate.
2: Might as well give up now. I'm sorry? I might as well give up now.
3: I might as well just plain give up right now. I ain't rich. I ain't rich.
2: So I'm doomed.
3: I'm really doomed.
2: All right. Take a deep breath. Let's check in. Does it still feel like a ten?
3: No, I think I think we've gone down to an eight. I think we're this stuff is hitting. away at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm even laughing occasionally as we're saying this stuff.
2: Okay. Now, one of the methods. I just to make a little teaching moment here for negative beliefs. Um, you know, this is a little tricky. We have to, you have to do some real healing you know, uh, the time that I don't have, you know, the the, the deep healing session that I don't have time to do right now. So I'm taking a different tactic. One of the things we can do with negative beliefs specifically, or even fears actually, either one, is to actually try and intensify them to the point of absurdity without disrespecting the person, right? But we try and and exaggerate the fear or, or negative belief, which is, notice that's what I've been doing with this fear. Because the truth is, money is not the most important thing, right?
3: Yeah, I'm working on
1: being <laughs> <bad>.
2: <laughs> I'm willing to theoretically entertain that possibility, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So here's a, here's another thing. We're also going to start bringing up counterexamples. There's certain techniques you can do to start chipping away at beliefs. So one is to exaggerate them to point of absurdity. And starts to break through a bit. And the other one is to bring up counter examples. So let's go back into the tapping <coughs> on your cry chop point. Even though I'm still convinced, <coughs>
3: even though I'm still convinced
2: that <coughs> a man would only be interested in me if I have money,
3: a man would only be interested in me if I had money,
2: and that he couldn't possibly be interested in me if I don't.
3: And then he couldn't possibly be interested in me if I don't.
2: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself anyway.
3: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself anyway.
2: Even though I'm not really very loving and accepting.
3: Even though I'm not really very loving and accepting.
2: When I'm having these self doubts.
3: When I'm having these self doubts.
2: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
3: I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself.
2: With kindness and compassion.
3: Kindness and compassion.
2: Okay. So I'm absolutely convinced that I'm too poor to attract a quality man.
3: I'm absolutely convinced that I'm too poor to attract a quality man.
2: I am absolutely convinced that I am too poor to attract a quality partner.
3: I am so totally convinced that I am just too freaking poor to attract a quality partner.
2: Because no poor person has ever attracted a good partner. I'm sorry? Because no poor person...
3: Because no poor person...
2: Has ever attracted a, a quality partner.
3: A quality partner. Never, ever, ever.
2: Never, ever, ever. Because money is all there is.
3: Because money is all there is.
2: Doesn't matter if the person has a loving heart.
3: Doesn't matter if the person has a loving heart.
2: And a generous spirit.
3: And a generous spirit.
2: And a whole list of other wonderful qualities.
3: And a whole list of other wonderful qualities.
2: If, if that person is poor.
3: If the person is poor. They're a loser. They're a loser.
2: It doesn't matter how many good qualities this person
1: has. many <clears throat> good qualities this person has. On the other hand... On the other hand... The truth is... The
3: truth is...
2: There are many poor people in the world.
3: There are many poor people in the world.
2: There are millions of poor people in the United States alone.
3: There are millions of poor people in the United States alone.
2: And there are tens and tens and tens of millions of poor people in other countries.
3: And there are tens and tens and tens of millions of poor people in other countries.
1: And a lot of them find love.
3: And a lot of them find love.
1: Because
2: of their other qualities.
3: Because of their other great qualities.
2: Because of their heart.
3: Because of their heart.
2: Because of their personality.
3: Because of their personality.
2: And it is also true.
3: It is also true.
2: That some really rich people.
3: That there are really rich people.
2: Struggle to ever find a good partner at all.
3: Or are never able to find a good partner at all.
2: Because of their heart.
3: Because of their heart.
2: And their
1: personality.
3: And their personality.
1: They're not very good.
3: They're not very good.
2: There are many poor people who have found love.
3: There are many poor people who have found love.
2: Because of their heart and personality.
3: Because of their heart and personality.
2: They radiate their goodness.
3: They radiate their goodness.
2: They radiate their spirit.
3: They radiate their spirit?
2: Yeah, the the essence of who they are just radiates from them like the sun.
3: And the essence of who they are just radiates
1: from them like the sun. And their money is not in the picture. Their money is not in the picture. And that can be true for me, too.
3: And that can be true for me, too.
1: That my heart and personality...
3: My heart and personality...
1: Are the very
2: things that will attract my soulmate.
3: Are the very things that will attract my soulmate.
2: And in fact, my soulmate...
3: And in fact, my soulmate...
2: Will not care how much money I have.
3: Will not care how much money I have.
2: Because this person is my soulmate.
3: Because this person is my soulmate.
2: And I am his soulmate.
3: And I am his soulmate.
2: It means that we were we are drawn to each other as a wonderful match.
3: It means that we're drawn together as a wonderful match.
2: That being with each other feels incredibly good.
3: Being with each other feels incredibly good.
2: And we feel like our best selves with each other.
3: And we feel like our best selves with with each other.
2: Money is not a part of that picture.
3: Money is not a part of that
1: picture. Our hearts and souls and personalities are in that picture. Our hearts and souls
3: and personality are that
2: picture. Yeah. Okay, take a deep breath. And now what number is it? Six. Six? Okay, good. So we're, you're chipping away bit by bit. Yeah. Okay. Now here's one of the things I was, I was going to say at the very beginning. And I want to tell everybody this. When we have a fear or limiting belief that there's something about us that's not okay, that's not enough, like I'm too poor, or I'm too fat, or I'm too short, or I'm too this, or we could be worrying the other way around. I'm not enough of something. Like, and you know, I could say I'm too poor. Or I could say you know, I don't have enough money. It's Just two ways of saying it, right? Um, whenever we have those kinds of fears and limiting beliefs, either I'm too this or I'm not enough of that. Those are tend to be secondary fears and limiting beliefs based on the deeper, more primal one, which is just I am not enough, period. That I, who I am, is not enough. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not
2: good enough. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not enough. Right? And then our mind looks for things to, you know, to to, like, explain it, to rationalize it. Oh, well, I'm not enough because of this. I'm not enough because of that. I'm not enough because of this. But in reality, it's just a primal sense of not enoughness. That's where the real healing has to happen. Because even if we totally take care of this feeling about, around money, that I'm too poor, we might get that down to zero. You go, okay, I, you know, I no longer believe that I'm too poor. I'm, not, I'm, ref, I'm no longer afraid that I'm too poor. But I still feel like I'm not enough, right? It's still, it's, you know, there's still that kind of primal thing. So the place where I recommend you focus your greatest attention on, the, on these limiting beliefs and for everybody who shares this one, is the basic feeling of not being enough. Like just who I am. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not good enough. However you word it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I I don't deserve love. That kind of thing. That is the biggest impediment to finding our soulmate that we have. Aside from the negative attraction thing, which just points us in a whole different direction, right? So obviously while that's in place, you can't even face your soulmate. But after you deal with the negative attraction thing, the, the number one block in module two is I'm not enough in some way. i want to focus that. Now, there can also be fears, like I'm afraid of being hurt, you know, again in some particular way. So anybody who has a fear I'm afraid of getting hurt again, be more specific. Because it's not just hurt, period, in some vague general way. It's usually I'm afraid of being hurt again in the same way I was hurt before. So the way we address that is we think back to the times we were hurt before, which is going to be in certain particular ways, <clears throat> and do tapping on those ways we got hurt before. Because one of the reasons why we're afraid of repeating an experience, a bad experience, is because we didn't heal the original one. So it's a raw wound, right? an unhealed wound. And that unhealed wound makes us feel too wounded to face that even face that possibility again. Once we heal that wound, then we then we stop being afraid of it happening again, even though sure it could happen again. But we're, now we feel prepared to deal with it. Right? It's the unhealed wound that makes it feel intolerable, like okay, I can't face it. Does that make sense? Yes.
1: Yeah. All
2: right. So this is for this is not just for you obviously as I'm speaking to everybody, but you're sort of the stand in for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody, uh, take a moment to replay your memories and see how much progress you made on them. And also check back on either the fear and or limiting belief um, that this,
1: that memory is associated with and see if how much that has shifted. Let's give everybody a moment to do that. So, um,
2: so thank you so much, Susan, for being our first volunteer.
1: Thank you, Stefan.
2: You're very welcome. So we got your ten down to a six. Just out of curiosity, did it is it still a six, or did it shift even more?
3: No, I think I think a, a six. Okay, I think. Good. Yeah, at the moment.
2: Okay, that's actually pretty good. In in one little tapping thing to get from ten to a six. So, so just stay on that. You just use, in fact, just use the recording. Just keep repeating it for a while, and just see yes. how far down you can get it.
3: Yes. Yeah, I think we got some, some really good things in there.
2: Cool. All right. So um, we already have a volunteer for the second person, which is Ghislaine. But I just want to check and see if anybody has any questions, comments, or anything before we do our next healing session. So star eight. to Raise your hand
1: on the phone or just go ahead and type your chat message. Oh,
2: all right. Well, nobody's uh, raising their hand, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Ghislaine.
4: Hi. Hey
2: there. (laughs) Skype does work good today, so (laughs) it's a good thing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so um, what is the – actually, why don't you just go ahead and name a few.
5: Of Limiting Beliefs?
2: Yeah, period limiting beliefs.
5: Yeah, the fear are uh, being rejected, uh, losing myself, being controlled, being alone. Um, and what was interesting about the, the, the work that you asked us to do is imagining, imagining to be married for five years, I think. Um, and <clears throat> the, um, the limiting belief that came up was that I have to give up me to be with someone.
2: Uh, yeah, that was one of my that was my fear too around marriage. Mm-hmm. That, I, that I'd have to I wouldn't be allowed to do what I wanted to do anymore. I'd have to just do whatever my wife wanted, and if there's anything I wanted to do that she didn't want like, then I just I couldn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to give up myself, and that was a mm-hmm. big impediment for a long time.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, which one do you want to work on uh, right now?
5: Yeah, that one would be good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so. When did you, who taught you that in childhood?
5: Mm, both my parents. Okay. So,
2: so pick an example of that. The youngest one you can remember.
5: Uh, so, I remember worst, that my mom. Oh yeah.
2: The worst one. Yeah.
5: I don't know if it's the worst. You'll tell me because when I was young, my mom was telling me that I I speak too slowly. Like she was like. You speak like this, like, put more intonation in your voice. <clears throat> you're boring. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be a good example. Like, the way I was talking was not okay.
2: Um, well, that would be a message that you're not okay. okay. I think that would be a good one for you to address. But I don't think it's actually related to I'd have to give up, give up myself if I get married. Okay. That's, a, that's oh. a criticism, a judgment and criticism of you and who you are.
5: Okay. That's going to make
2: you feel not good enough. Like, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely address that memory. That's an important one to address. But I think it's in a different category than what you're trying to work with here.
5: Okay. Um, so the kind of memory
2: that you'd be dealing with is where you're not allowed to do what you want to do. And not in the simple, normal sense that, you know, like I want to stay up late and the parents don't let to stay Mm up late, but, you know, a painful thing.
5: Yeah. Once I have a memory of wanting to hit my brother because he was making me mad and um, my mom starts yelling at me saying that you're not allowed to touch your brother because he's younger than you. Because
2: what?
5: He's younger than you. So, but then after, when I was telling them, when he was not nice, she was like, just deal with it yourself. So I was kind of stuck not being able to hit him and not being able to be supported. So I don't know if this this one is a better one.
2: Um, hmm. well, that's a tricky one too, because, you know, kids lots of times have to learn how to work things out without hitting each other or biting each other, so that's kind of, so that's, that's sort of in the normal realm of, you know, growing up and getting socialized and all that kind of stuff. Um, there is, but my
5: brother was a monster, like he was hitting me, at had a card all, all over my body, and,
2: um. Yeah. oh, so he was hitting you a lot, and you weren't allowed, yeah. to him. Yeah. you weren't allowed to defend yourself, basically?
5: No. Yeah, exactly. So I had to be quiet and get hit and not saying anything.
2: I see. Um, of course, he was a he was a lot younger. He was like six.
5: Yeah, I was six years younger than me. But uh, you know, he was really, really angry. So he was, you know, like I was afraid of him all the time. Um, and especially after my mom say that I cannot reply, so I, I was kind of. You know, I just had to get punched and take it, you know.
2: Right. So he, would hit, he was free to hit you and you couldn't hit him back kind of thing.
5: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because my parents, maybe, I don't know, they never said, but probably they felt that this six-year younger couldn't hit me or couldn't make me, you know. But, I mean, I was, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had scars all over my body. So, yeah. Um, all right.
2: Well, okay. Hey, so let's, yeah, we can do something interesting with that, I think
5: because I can try to find another one that won't be hard
2: <laughs> if
5: I just think about it. There's a few, so, yeah, I don't know if this one is the best one.
2: Let's try something where it was something that you wanted to do that the... I mean, I know you wanted to hit him, but something you wanted mm-hmm. yourself.
5: Another memory that I have is my grandmother wanted to give me some some uh, crayon, and um, so I... I like she bought me crayons and I was really happy that she bought me crayons. And after my parents um, blamed me for wanting them and was like, they were like, your mother, grandmother is poor. You shouldn't have accepted. You should have said no. And you were like going on and on, like looking for this one and that one. And like, that was not like what you should have done. And that off course. Okay, now is, we got a good example. I after. think that would be a great example. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's good. Because this is you just wanting something for yourself, yeah. and them not only not letting you have it, but blaming you for even wanting it. Yeah. Right. They're putting you down, yeah. and so there's this, you're essentially see when you get when we get judged like that, they're judging you, right? Mm-hmm. Judge judging is a rejecting uh, experience, just like mm-hmm. anger is, right? Anger and judgment are, are the two rejecting, you know, cri- well judgment and criticism are. Really, just two sides of the same thing. So, when we are judged or criticized, we are being told that there's some part of us that's wrong, bad, not okay. So that's a re- that's a rejection experience. And uh, intense anger is rejection experience, even without the words,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? You're, because the, the un the unspoken message of anger is you're not okay with me mm-hmm. like right now. You are not okay with me at all. So. Um, so here's a case where you're wanting to, um, you're wanting something for yourself mm-hmm. and you're being rejected for it. Yeah. So this is, this would give you the feeling that as a, an adult, you know, if I want something for myself, I want to do something for myself, I might get rejected by my partner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold back. I'm not going to put out what I want very much because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of being rejected. And therefore I'm not going to be able to be myself. I, I will lose myself in their relationship. So let's yeah, let's work on that. Um so everybody before you before we start, pick another memory. It could be another memory related to the same fear or limiting belief, but just a new memory. Or you can pick a different fear or limiting belief. And then pick a memory for that. Replay it in your mind. Notice how intense it is today.
1: Um and to do that Oh, and how, uh, 0 to 10, how strong is yours? 8. Okay. All right, so go back to that moment
2: where you were really wanting to crayons. How old were you?
5: I was six.
1: Six, yeah. Makes sense that a six-year-old would want crayons. Yeah. So let's uh, let's ask your young self how she's feeling in this moment
2: after hearing, you know, this all this judgment and criticism from the parents for daring to want these crayons and being happy about the gift.
1: Mm.
5: Uh, she felt hurt and shamed, ashamed, and, um, also unfair because they offer me the crayon, like it's not me that asked for it. So a bit confused, you know, like, why am I blaming for something that I didn't even ask, you know? So, yeah.
2: And that's a super important thing everybody, for everybody to hear right now what I'm about to say. And that is, there's never anything wrong with wanting. Sometimes our parents treat us as if there was something wrong for wanting. But it's, it's natural to want things. It's natural to want. It's good to want. Not even just natural. It's good to want things. I mean, that's, our wanting is, is what motivates us to take action, to, to do things things for ourselves. right? As a little kid, wanting is from other people because we're little. And as an adult, wanting is, well, you know, we might go out and get it for ourselves or, you know, whatever the wanting is. It might be something to buy or it might be something to do to attain, right, Like a new career. I want that career or whatever it is. Wanting is a good thing. We should never feel bad for wanting. And enlightened parents, if a child wants something that we can't give them for whatever reason, then we turn them down very kindly without ever trying to make them feel bad for wanting it. We want to encourage our children to want things. Like, oh, yeah, it's, I totally you know, I totally get that you want that. It's fine that you want that. You know, Unfortunately, I can't give it to you right now. That's okay, but I understand you really want it. I wish I could. So your parents, instead, were making you wrong for even wanting it. Mm-hmm. And that is unfair. So we're going to address all this, and we're going to end with the unfair part. So tap in your cry-chop point. Repeat after me, everybody. Even though you're feeling really hurt and ashamed for wanting.
5: Even though you're feeling really hurt and ashamed for wanting.
2: You're being told that you're bad for wanting.
5: Being told that you're bad for wanting.
2: The truth is, you're a wonderful child.
5: The truth is, you're a wonderful child.
2: And I am totally here for you and on your side.
5: And I'm totally here for you and on your side.
2: Even though you've been told you're bad for wanting.
5: Even though you've been told you're bad for wanting.
2: It makes you feel really hurt and ashamed.
5: It makes you feel really hurt and ashamed.
2: Like there's something wrong for you for wanting this good thing.
5: Like there's something wrong with you for wanting this good thing.
2: The truth is you're a beautiful child.
5: The truth is you're a beautiful child.
2: And I love and care about
5: you. And I love and care about you.
2: And I want you to have what you want.
5: And I want you to have what you want.
2: Whenever possible.
5: Ever possible?
2: Whenever possible.
5: Whenever possible.
2: Good. Okay, now tap in all the points. Um, you were looking at crayons and you really wanted them.
5: You were looking at crayons and you really wanted them.
2: It's so fun to draw with crayons.
5: It's so fun to draw with crayons.
2: And use all those beautiful colors.
5: And use all those beautiful colors.
2: You want them so bad.
5: You want them so bad.
2: You're imagining all the cool drawing you can do.
5: You're imagining all the cool drawing you could do.
2: And then... Your grandmother buys them for you.
5: And then your grandma buys them for you.
2: And you're so excited.
5: And you're so excited.
2: And you feel so grateful and happy.
5: And you feel so grateful and happy.
2: And you're looking forward to using them.
5: And you're looking forward to using them.
2: And all of a sudden, your parents are angry.
5: And all of a sudden, your parents are angry.
2: Are they both angry or just your mom? Both. Yeah. All of a sudden, your parents are really angry.
5: And all of a sudden, your parents are really angry,
2: and, I, and they tell you you should not have wanted those crayons.
5: You shouldn't, and they tell you you shouldn't want, you shouldn't have want those crayons.
2: Your grandmother doesn't have a lot of money.
5: Your grandmother doesn't have a lot of money.
2: You should never have asked for those crayons.
5: You should never had uh, said yes for those crayons. <laughs> you never never have asked for them. <laughs> no. You shouldn't have said yes. For wanting oh, you should them.
2: never have said yes to those, for those yeah. crayons. Yeah. Right? You're, you're a bad girl.
5: You're a bad girl.
2: You're a bad girl for accepting those crayons.
5: You're a bad girl for accepting those crayons.
2: And it makes you feel bad for ever wanting them. It
5: makes you feel bad for ever wanting them.
2: It makes you feel like it's not okay to want things.
5: It Makes you feel that it's not okay for one. For wanting things?
2: Yeah, to want things.
5: To want things.
2: Yeah. You feel so hurt by their anger.
5: You feel so hurt by their anger.
2: You didn't even ask for the crayons.
5: You didn't even ask for the crayons. You just
2: exp- you just expressed how much you liked them.
5: You just expressed how much you liked them.
2: You didn't know you weren't supposed to accept them.
5: You didn't know that you weren't supposed to accept them.
2: You weren't supposed to say yes.
5: That you were not supposed to say yes. And they didn't say anything the whole day, too. Like, I mean, they could have said no. Like, I, she, did, like she I, we don't want it present. Like, they didn't say anything.
4: Right.
2: And you're feeling so hurt.
5: And you're feeling so hurt.
2: And so ashamed.
5: And so ashamed.
2: They make you feel like you're such a bad girl.
5: Makes you feel like you're such a bad girl.
2: Such a bad girl for wanting something.
5: Such a bad girl for wanting something.
2: And you conclude that it's not okay to want anything.
5: And You conclude that it's not okay to want anything.
2: All this shame.
5: All this shame.
2: Feeling bad about yourself for wanting.
5: Feeling bad about yourself for wanting.
2: I mean so hurt,
5: so hurt,
2: feeling so hurt by their judgment,
5: so hurt by their judgment,
2: so hurt by their anger,
5: so hurt by their anger,
2: feeling bad about yourself for wanting anything,
5: feeling bad about yourself for wanting anything,
2: feeling bad about yourself for wanting,
5: feeling bad about yourself for
2: wanting. Deep belly breath.
1: Check in with her now. How's she feeling? She feels
5: angry and scared.
2: Okay. What's she scared of?
5: Her anger. <laughs> scared of their
2: anger. <laughs> yeah. Now she also feels like it's unfair, right? Yeah. Because the truth is, she did not ask for these crayons, did she? Yeah, she didn't ask. She expressed how much she liked them.
5: Yeah, and how much she wanted them after they proposed, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, how much she wanted them. And it's okay to want things. And it was 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 her grandmother's choice to buy them.
5: Yeah, exactly.
2: Her grandma was an adult.
5: Yeah.
2: And the way her parents handled it was not okay, was it?
5: No, it was not okay at all.
2: Like you said, they could if they didn't want to, you know, her grandmother to spend the money, not accepting, then they could have uh, either said, "I'm sorry, we can't accept this," yeah. take back, or they could. Uh, Buy no, it. but we were Grandma. looking
5: for the crayon the whole day, so they could have said something during the day, like when we were looking for the, to get the most color for the cheapest price. <laughs> <And that> was... <laughs> Whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they had the whole day to say no. They didn't say but The most
2: uh, unfair part was blaming a six-year-old child, little you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So does your young self, would she be willing to exp- let her parents know how unfair this was? Yeah, sure. Okay. So we're going to take our magic wand and, and paralyze them and also shrink them down so that they look like a Barbie and Ken doll size. You know, size of two dolls. Um, so if she wanted to, she could pick them up and throw them across the room if she wanted to. <laughs> Kick
5: them in the face. <laughs> yeah.
2: So here's her opportunity, and, and everybody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead
1: it so that everybody can join in on this. So not
2: fair the way you treated me.
5: It's not fair the way you treated me.
2: Not fair for blaming me.
5: Not fair for blaming me.
6: I'm only six years old. I'm only six years old. I'm just a little kid. I'm just a little kid. And I wanted the
2: crayons. And I wanted the crayons. I didn't ask anybody to buy it for me.
6: I didn't ask anybody to buy for me.
0: I just wanted them.
6: I just wanted them.
0: And it shouldn't be bad to want
2: something.
6: And it shouldn't be bad to want something.
2: It's not okay that you got angry at me.
6: It's not okay that you got angry at me.
2: I didn't know I was supposed to say no.
6: I didn't know I was supposed to say no. I didn't know how to
0: handle the situation.
6: I didn't know how to handle the situation. I'm only a little kid. I'm only a little kid. I don't know how to do things. I don't know how to do things. not
0: okay to get mad at me.
6: not okay to get mad at me.
0: For not knowing how to handle this.
6: For not knowing how to handle this.
0: That's your
6: job. That's your job.
2: To handle situations.
6: To handle situations.
0: You're supposed to take care of me.
6: You're supposed to take care of me. Not get mad at me. Not get mad at me.
0: For not knowing how to do it.
6: For not knowing how to do it.
0: And it's not okay to make me feel bad for wanting things.
6: It's not okay for making me feel bad for wanting things. It's good to want things. It's good to want things. I can't always get what I want.
2: I can't always get what I want. I cannot always get what I want.
6: I cannot always get what I want.
0: But it should be okay to want it.
6: It should be okay to want it. And you can be nice about it if I can't have it. And you should be nice about it if I can't have it.
0: It was not okay to get mad at me.
6: It's not okay to get mad at me. It was not okay to get mad at me. It was not okay to get mad at me. It was not okay. It was not okay. And I'm mad at you for being mad at me. I'm mad at you to be mad at me.
0: This is not okay.
6: This is not okay.
0: I wanted those crayons.
6: I wanted those crayons.
0: And that.
1: Should be okay. <laughs> done. Yeah, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry too. <sighs> Everybody take a deep breath. Anybody else is crying? That's totally okay, too. We have wounds about our parents getting mad at us when we
2: wanted things. And that was never okay. Of course they have the right to turn down something we want, but be kind about it. Like, I'm sorry I can't give you that. Sometimes when parents are feeling tight with money, they'll get mad at a kid for asking and that's not okay. You know? Instead say, you know, the way they should handle it, is say, you know, I wish I could get that for you, but I'm sorry I can't. You know? I understand
1: you wanting that. It's fine to want that, and I wish I can give it to you, but I can't. And, uh, you know, then that wanting is honored. And the kid's not
2: made wrong for wanting. It happens to a lot of us. We're we're made wrong for wanting, and then we feel like it's not okay to want things. Totally okay to want things. So we're going to use our magic wand to send off Ghislaine's parents and everybody's parents to their own special healing clinic so they can work through this and work through whatever childhood wounds they have around this and also give them some parenting training Going to help parents, you know, Elaine's parents and your parents to understand this, which is wanting is good and natural. It's what directs us in our lives. We move towards the things we want, hopefully. And so we should always support our kids in wanting things, even though we can't always give it to them, right? Maybe we can't afford it, or maybe, you know, it's just not appropriate in the moment, whatever it is. But acknowledge the, you know, it's important to acknowledge the child's want and to explain why they can't have it in this moment, to be kind in a kind way. So Ghislaine's parents come back and they understand now how much they screwed this up and they don't want to be hurting Ghislaine this way. So I'm going to go ahead and play her parents and just everybody repeat along with me. Ghislaine, I am... So sorry that we got mad at you. Everybody, repeat, including Elaine. Elaine, are you still there? Yeah, it. Can you hear me?
1: Can't hear you. Can't hear me? No, you're very faint. You still there? hear me? Barely. I can
2: barely hear you.
5: Like this? Can you hear me better?
2: Ah. Yeah, now I hear you yeah, fine. I- weird. Okay. Okay. Now you hear echo. Now hear echo.
5: Now you hear me with echo?
2: Now I'm hearing myself hear echo. echo. Uh, yeah, I took uh, the ear bug out. All right. All uh, right. Go back to whatever you were doing. I'd rather you be really quiet than getting an echo.
3: Oh,
2: okay. Oh, okay. Huh? Seems to clear cleared up. Okay. So, anyway, repeat after me. I'm so we're we are so sorry that we got mad at you.
5: We're so sorry that we got mad at you.
2: That was not right for us to do that.
5: It was not right for us to do that.
2: And it is totally fine and good for you that you want things.
5: Totally fine and good that you want things.
2: We're glad that you want things.
5: We're glad that you want things.
2: We're glad that you want, that you want those crayons.
5: We, we are glad that you want those crayons.
2: In fact, they're, gr- they're wonderful crayons.
5: In fact, they're wonderful crayons.
2: Lots of really nice colors.
5: Lots of very nice colors.
2: And you're going to be able to do some really nice drawings with that, with them.
5: And you're going to be able to do some really nice drawing with them.
2: We're so sorry that we yelled at you.
5: We're so sorry that we yelled at you.
2: It made you feel like you did anything wrong
5: made you feel that you did anything wrong?
2: Now, they're going to handle the whole crayon thing behind the scenes with Grandma. They might give her some money or whatever. But that's not... See, that's just it. You're a little kid, and that's not for you to worry about. Don't worry about Grandma. We'll take care of it.
5: Don't worry about Grandma. We'll take care of it.
2: Yeah. And... Wasn't and it was so nice of her to give you those crayons.
5: It was so nice of her to give you those crayons.
2: It was a very loving thing she did.
5: A really loving thing she did.
2: But give your grandma a big thank you.
5: Give your grandma a big thank you.
1: Go ahead, give her a big thank you. Are you doing it? Yeah. Okay. You want me to say it loud? Yeah, do it out loud. Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Um so we love you very much.
5: We love you very much.
2: And here, let's let's have a big hug.
5: Let's have a big hug.
2: And just that's everybody imagine being hugged lovingly by Your parent, that feels comfortable to you, or an ideal parent. Elaine, you too.
1: You can Mm feel hugged by both your parents. That's a three-way hug. Okay. How's that feeling? Good. Good.
2: Okay. So, um, everybody, check back in with their memory and see how intense it is now. And after you after you replay the memory, check back in with your fear and/or limiting belief that
1: is associated with, and see how much that has changed.
2: Elaine, go ahead and what is check back in with your your fear, limiting belief that you will lose yourself when you get married.
1: Mm-hmm. The number is it now. It's hard. Um, I when I think of that,
5: I cannot have any feelings like it. There's no tension, but it's weird to say 0. I don't know. I don't know. Like it I don't feel anything.
2: So. Well, try imagine your soulmate for a moment, your ideal partner. Mhm. I feel that
5: my ideal partner would accept me whatever I am.
2: So. Okay, so you're feeling much better about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
5: good. I can see that the, this person exists. <laughs> you can see that he exists that the person that could accept me the way I am exists, yeah.
2: Okay, so you're saying something positive. I just want to make sure that you you, you see that he... Yeah, I see that
5: it can be possible that person can exist. Like before, it was kind of like, this person doesn't exist. Like, it's not possible that someone can accept me the way I am.
2: Ah, okay, good.
5: Maybe a two. I would say two.
2: Okay, great. Good work.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
2: You're very welcome. Okay. So just want to check in if anybody has a reaction or a question or a comment or anything. You know, press star eight or type in the chat box. Okay, cool. Who's this?
1: Hey, it's Beth.
4: Hey Beth. Um, so with uh, Yang Session, what came up for me was um, just remembering myself wanting things and not being good with being told no and kind of pouting. And, um, <laughs> and I'm now I had totally forgotten about this. I remember my mom, and I don't know what age this started, she would kind of mock me from, I think it was a Saturday Night Live skit where they had the whiners on there. So she would say, "Miss Weiner," in this voice. Yeah. Um. So, I just want some direction on how I can address that.
2: Yeah. So here's the thing. When a little kid wants something, um, and they're told no, even if they're told no in a you know in in a very reasonable sort of way, so they're not made wrong for wanting. It's still upsetting and the kid wants it. And some kids will try and get what they want by whining about it or being pouty or, or, you know, moody or whatever. And that's to be expected. It's something that they will grow out of uh, over time. So the question is how do they handle it? Um, How does a parent handle the kid's you know, doing that, right? And there's a couple ways to handle it that are healthy. One is you just acknowledge, you know, once or twice, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, that we can't give you that. And then you let it go, and the kid after a while will give up. Or you'd let the kid know that it's not okay to do that. Say, look, you know, I'm really sorry I couldn't give it to you. You know, The answer is no, and it's not okay for you to do this. Still, you know, firmly but kindly. So they understand that it's not an option, right? But when you're wanting something and you didn't get it and then you got kind of whiny about it and she was making fun of you for doing it, uh, that's, again, making you wrong rather than helping you understand that the behavior is wrong. See, one of the key uh, principles in healthy parenting, one of the most important ones, is – Never make the child wrong, just make the behavior wrong. So we make the behavior wrong by specifically pointing out what's wrong with the behavior that the child's doing without using a tone of voice or acting in a way that makes the child feel wrong as themselves. So when we get mad at a kid, the child feels wrong as themselves. So if if a parent just says, "Look, it's it's not okay to do what you're doing," and makes it clear what the child's doing, then that's fine. But when a parent makes fun of you for doing it, then you feel wrong, and that's the distinction. You get it?
1: Oh yeah.
2: So that's what we want to. So that's the thing you want to work with in this in your in your healing session with, by yourself or with a partner or whoever, is. Getting standing up for yourself for being made fun of. It's not okay to make fun of me. You know, you can let me know that that it's not okay for me to be doing what I'm doing, but don't make fun of me because it makes me feel bad
4: about myself. Yeah, and I I mean I had I had forgotten about that, honestly. And um I can I can tell that I still have I have a lot of judgment of myself. It's kinda of like wanting things and not handling it well when I can't have what I want. Like I'm kind of selfish is this judgment I have. Yeah. The
2: more, compa- see, if you received that your behavior with compassion, then you feel cared about. Mm-hmm. And you would pretty quickly stop doing it. So the, what you can do today as an adult when you don't get what you want is to be compassionate with your internal your inner child right our wanting kind of comes mm-hmm. from our inner child in a sense right
1: mhm
2: um and so if you can't get what you want be compassionate give to your young child your inner child what you wished the way your parents would have handled it and go yeah i understand that you really wanted that and i wish you could have had it it would have been so
1: good if you could have gotten that. I'm really sorry you, you, that you that you didn't get it. That you couldn't get it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no. This is really helpful. That was a good aha moment for me.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of going over under the critical trait, I would think, right?
2: Yeah. Oh sure. That's being very critical. Yeah. Making fun of you is is a critical behavior.
1: Definitely. Okay. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know if, you know, some people might have had an upsetting experience with either of these sessions. You know, if you need a little help with that, we can can raise your hand. Um, Otherwise, the thing to do, you know, in the coming weeks now is, like I say, is to work through these fears and limiting beliefs. Now, if you're not done with the negative traits, you want to do those as well. So one way to do this is to sort of alternate in your sessions, you know, by yourself or the partner. Um, and just kind of think of the ones, like, you most want to help with that you f- are the hardest to do by yourselves and either do it with your partner or with me if you're a gold member. Um, and, again, I would try and stick with one at a time rather than jumping around a lot. You know, for the negative trait, it's better to completely heal one negative trait than to halfway heal two. If you completely heal one, you'll never have to deal with that negative trait ever again. If you halfway heal two, you'll kind of deal with milder versions of both rather than them being gone from your life. So same with these fears and negative beliefs. You know, really try and pick one. And pick the ones, even though you might have a big list of them, pick the ones that you think... um, are the ones that are, like, impacting you the most. You know, even though there's two that are both a 10, um, one of them might be the ones that's really um, showing up in your life, you know, the most. And, uh, and focus on those. All right. Well, keep tapping, and uh, see you next week.
0: Bye, everybody.